like a lot of kids when I was growing up, I figured the primary reason that I had a middle name was so I would know when I was in trouble. Um, I have one of those Texas double names, it's Holly Beth. And whenever I heard my parents call out Holly Beth, I knew the jig was up. So I have vivid memories of that name being called out at the most inopportune times. Like the time that I decided the best place to keep my used wads of chewing gum was on the kitchen counter. Or the time I caught a great big catfish in a muddy creek behind my house and brought it home in a Tupperware to keep as a pet. Or the time I thought it'd be a great idea to get to the ultimate suntan by lying on the roof of our house. Um, it was during expired sort of activities like that that my mother would call out Holly Beth and I knew I was in really, really big trouble. I guess because those memories are so vivid. For many years, I, I just didn't focus on the fact that there was someone else in my life who always called me by my full name. And when he did so, it was with great affection. And that person was my maternal grandfather. My maternal grandfather was a United Methodist pastor, and I loved and admired him so much. We were very close when I was growing up, and he would always call me Holly Beth. I can still hear his voice in my mind and in my heart. He would say, Holly Beth, come sit by me. Holly Beth, come tell me about school. Holly Beth, come tell me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I heard so much love in that. But again, I, I just didn't focus on that for many years. I don't know why. Until the day that I was standing at his graveside in the little Cleburne Cemetery. It was a hot and windy July day. And I had a moment standing there when it dawned on me that I would never hear him call my name like that again. And I knew how much I would miss that. And I do. Because when my grandfather called me by name, all bound up and it was love and belonging and so much more, when my grandfather called me by name, I knew who I was and whose I was. Friends, the reality is that in a world in which we can feel so small and insignificant and anonymous, there is tremendous power in being called by name, being talked to and about in such a personal way. And I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus, at the age of 30, chose to present himself to his cousin, John the Baptist, for baptism. I think one day the Spirit just whispered to him, you know. The Spirit said, it is time. And Jesus took off his apron and folded it and put away his carpenter's tools and closed up the shop and made his way to Galilee where he found John. And when John realized what Jesus was there for, he protested. He said, oh, no, cousin, no way, no, no, no. I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus said, 
in essence, John. Let it alone. It's God's will for me. So then John relented and he baptized Jesus right there in the Jordan River. And Matthew tells us that he was coming up out of the water when the heavens open and the Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, this is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Right there, dripping wet, standing in the Jordan River, Jesus heard God call him by name. And he was never the same. You see, he, he went into that river a carpenter and he came out a Messiah. His identity was affirmed there and more. The first part of the phrase that came from heaven, this is my son, well, that comes from Psalm 2. And it's spoken upon the occasion of the crowning of a king of Israel, so when it's spoken at Jesus' baptism, he is identified, he's named as king, and he clearly is. And the second part, my beloved with whom I am well pleased, that comes from Isaiah 42, a passage many of us know as the passage that describes the suffering servant, the one who will suffer and die for all of humankind. See, in the moment of his baptism, Jesus is called by name, and he is sent in mission as the servant. And indeed, Matthew tells us that he goes from there to begin his, his public ministry. He goes first to be tempted in the wilderness, and then he's out in the world, you know, unleashed out there. And that moment of naming and sending shapes the next three years of his life. He announces the coming of the kingdom of God. He heals the sick. He includes the outsider. He lifts up the lowly. He forgives sins. He shares a final Passover meal with his disciples where he washes their feet. He goes to the garden to pray. He goes to the cross. Friends, do you see? Do you understand what baptism means? Do you understand what baptism means in your life? In the moment of your baptism, you see God calls you by name. This is my son, the beloved. This is my daughter, the beloved. I'm reminded of that old story about the little boy who was learning to pray the Lord's Prayer, and he kneels down by his bed and prays, Our Father who art in heaven, how do you know my name? In a world of seven and a half billion souls, the Creator, the Maker of all things, knows you personally, intimately, and calls you by name. But in your baptism, there is more, just like there was for Christ. For you, too, have the Spirit descend upon you at your baptism, and you are gifted then for ministry by the Spirit. And you are called out into the world to be a servant of Christ. 
By virtue of your baptism, you are claimed, you are called, and you are bound all in the same moment. And friends, I think this is one of the reasons why there are people who will never come to the water. There are people who will never submit to baptism. Uh, they're okay with being the beloved, but they cannot abide the servant part, and baptism imparts both. But I hope that's not you. I hope you don't feel that way. I, I hope you come to the water, and if you have not, I hope you come very soon, because baptism is a precious gift the clarity alone that it offers is beyond price. Friends, I have lost track over the last 15 years of ministry of the number of conversations I've had with people at the door on Sunday or in the hallways or when they've made an appointment with me or by email or on the phone, people who have come to me and said, in essence, I'm lost. I'm wandering in the wilderness, I'm lost. Who, who am I? What is my life about? What am I supposed to be doing here? What does all of this mean? Tomes have been written about those questions. There are people who haunt the aisles of the self-help area at Barnes & Noble every weekend, I am convinced, because they're asking those questions. But friends, baptism, you see, answers all of those. In our baptism, God calls us by name and tells us who we are. Who are you? You are a beloved son. You are a beloved daughter. And God is so pleased with you. And what is your mission? Why are you here? What is this about? You are gifted by the Spirit for a lifetime of ministry, you see? Ministry isn't just for those of us who wear the stoles. You are called to spend your life as a servant of Christ, to build the kingdom, to grow in grace, to share the love. That's what you're here for. That's what we're all here for. What a gift it is in baptism to be called by name, to have our identity affirmed and to have our mission made clear. I don't know if there is a greater gift than that kind of clarity in this life. You know, I, I think since I've been here, I've mentioned to you before that I'm a big fan of Fred Craddock. He's deceased now, but he was an amazing preacher and pastor, one of the best, and one of the best storytellers you'd ever hear. And Craddock tells a story about uh, meeting another man named Fred early in his ministry when he was a young pastor in a very small town. When Craddock arrived in this town, he found out about Fred. Fred was highly respected in the community, a prosperous rancher, an older gentleman in his 70s, I think when Craddock met him. And Fred was not a churchgoer, and he made that clear 
to Craddock the first time they talked. He said, well, you know, I work really hard. And that was true because Fred was born in a sod house and worked his whole life to have what he ultimately did as a prosperous rancher. So he said, I, I work hard and I take care of my family, and that was true too. And Fred said, and I mind my own business. <laughs> and Craddock read that, knew what he was saying. He understood that uh, Fred was saying he was not a prospect. So Craddock left him alone. And then one Sunday, Craddock was shocked when old Fred, at 77 years old, appeared in the back of the sanctuary at the end of the service. And walked down front and asked Craddock to baptize him. And so he did. And later, when they were talking about it, Craddock said to Fred, Fred, do you remember when we first met? And you told me that you work really hard and you take care of your family and you mind your own business. Do you remember saying that? And Fred said, yes, I do. I used to say that all the time. Craddock said, well, do you still say that? And Fred said, yeah, I do. It's just that there's a difference now. Back then, I didn't know what my business was. Friends, do you know what your business is? Do you remember who you are? It's never too late to find that out. It's never too late to remember that. See, my prayer for you is that when you find yourself in the wilderness, which we all do in this life at one time or another, and you're trying to find your way, and temptation comes calling and offers you the wrong choice, the wrong words, the wrong attitude, the wrong kind of power, the wrong way to popularity, the wrong kind of partnership, that you will step back and take a breath and remember your baptism and how God called you by name and sent you forth to serve. You are a beloved son. You are a beloved daughter. And with you, God is so well pleased. You see, my ultimate prayer for you, friends, as your pastor, is that you allow that incredible grace that most powerful redeeming love to fill your heart and shape every single day of your life. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into your holy church. We are washed of sin and we are called by name and we are gifted for ministry and called out into the world. What a priceless gift. Lord, open our hearts and minds 
that we may claim the gift and live into it as you call us to do. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.